Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sexton, John O'Shea, Ashland Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. Welcome in Jaguars Drive Time, our normal Tuesday morning. The look looks a little bit different this week. Thanks to the coronavirus, we all three are working from home. It's been a little difficult. We've had to get creative. Thank goodness for technology. Boys, how we feeling? How's work going? We're still getting it done. Well, we're wondering since we're both homeowners and our to-do lists are incredibly long, what does someone who rents do? I mean, at what point? What? It's not like you have to paint or do the yard or clean the garage. What have you been doing? I've watched a lot of Netflix. I've cleaned my home, as you can see. It looks immaculate. I've tried to cook a few new meals. It hasn't gone too well. But by the end of this, I'm going to be a chef. Is that mean you think Chef Schlen? Chef Schlen. Yep, coming at you live. John, how have you been? Oh, great. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's funny. When I was with the newspaper, working from home was a very common you, know, you sort of do that you're on your own a little bit so it's a little bit of a flashback to you know two decades ago when i did this uh, quite a bit but uh wouldn't want it under these circumstances would rather be there with you guys absolutely we'll get there hopefully soon but let's try to create some normalcy with this show as we get into big things big thing one the new normal this is the new normal for the foreseeable future the coronavirus has heavily impacted our work and the Jaguars work. Coaches are Skyping meetings, just like we're Skyping the show. Scouts are off the road. Recruiting dates are getting pushed back, along with many other dates. We shouldn't expect this to get better anytime soon. A sense of normalcy anytime soon. As of right now, Skype is the new normal. Big thing two, the new guys. Jaguars have confirmed signing two new free agents, linebacker Joe Schobert and defensive lineman Ronnie Gunter adding depth to the defensive line, as well as the defense and filling some holes. Free agency is not over, so we can expect maybe a few more moves, which leads us into big thing three, new quarterback, question mark. Reported that Nick Foles has been traded to the Bears, which leaves us Gardner Minshew as the starting quarterback. But could we see the Jags make moves in free agency still? You have Jameis Winston, Cam Newton has requested a trade from the Panthers. So many questions still. But guys, let's go all the way back up to big thing one, this coronavirus, it is not only impacting us, it's impacting basically everyone in this country in some way. But for football, especially with it being such a game of routine, we've been talking to Coach Marone, we've been talking to some coaches. I mean, this is totally different for them, especially in free agency. Well, it really is. Ashlyn, you and I talked to Doug last week, I think it was Thursday. And at that point, uh, I know he was still working out of the office. I, I think a couple of coordinators were too, maybe Dave. My understanding at this point, everything's remote. As Doug said, it's they can communicate, and just like us, they can do the Skype. But I also think, just like us, it's a little different. There's that lag. It's not quite the same, I don't think, as if a scout has a question for Dave, he can just run down the hall and say, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And you know, they have that intuitive conversation. I think they'll be able to get by it and still be able to prepare. But it's got to be significantly different than maybe it is for us, where I can sit down at a keyboard and write my story, and I can Skype with you guys like this. We can get it done. I think it's got to be a lot different, Brian. Even when you're game planning, like right now, they are not game planning, but they are putting in the playbook. 
Um, it's got to be different when Gruden can't just look across at Keenan McCardell and go, hey, what do you think of this? It's got to be sort of a Skype thing. It's not as intuitive. It's got to change it. Well, and what you're really alluding to is the fact that at some point, in order for them to do what they do, they have to be together in the same room, in the same locker room, on the same practice field. And, John, what we really don't know is when that's going to occur. Right? Sure. And off-season pro jeopardy. OTAs are in jeopardy, minicamp in June as well. Uh, the Olympics reportedly are being pushed back to at least 2021. And I was reading a story this morning uh, with a member of the World Health Organization who said he didn't see this peaking in North America until mid to late July. Now, seems like a credible source. If he's correct on that, then we're talking about some disruption to the, to the season. Um, I, you know, we can talk all we want about how do they do this, that, and the other thing, but when do they get together in the same room? I think that's the interesting part. You know, one day before it all came apart, I, one of my boys said to me, Dad, what about this? And I said, look, if I had told you that they were going to stop the TPC on Thursday evening and not continue it or cancel the NBA season, right, or March Madness completely wiped off the books, what would you have said? Well, I wouldn't have believed it. I said, exactly. You have to take everything now as possible, John. And... I can't even begin to answer your question because I'm wondering when are they going to get in the same room? When? Are, is it going to be July, August, September? That's the thing about this that makes the new normal such an interesting conversation. It's, uh, it's new, but it is anything but normal. Well, I think we do have a little bit of a frame of reference. I'm, I'm not going to put it on nearly the scale, obviously. I'm just talking about that logistics. In 2011, there was the draft, but there was nothing else in terms of OTAs because of the lockout. So, and I believe that started, uh, training camps, I think, started a couple of days late, July 28th, 29th. It feels like that's what we could be looking at in terms of logistics, Brian. Not, uh, you know, it, and it could be even later than that. But that would be the one frame of reference for the league basically being on hold except for the draft and then getting together very quickly and, Maybe that's a month later. Maybe that's games getting canceled. I have no idea. But that's the closest thing I can remember anything like the offseason completely being wiped away. I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, used to work in Jacksonville, and he's a historian of the game. And he went back to the early 60s when you had the NFL competing with the AFL. They were drafting the same players, and they didn't know which league the players were going to sign with. Or even back to the early 40s. When you had teams, remember the Steagles, the Steelers and the Eagles combining mm -hmm. one team, where you have the NFL having to adapt on the fly this much. The league has grown so strong and put in place their systems. We haven't seen this kind of disruption, John. It's, um, it's new territory for everyone, for the people in football, for those of us who cover them for a living, and for the fans who are pretty used to, oh, hey, now it's free agency. Oh, wait, now I turn my attention to the draft. Oh, wait, here comes minicamps. Training camps in late July. That whole calendar is now out the door. Yeah, I think the thing you have to re reference is all of anything where there's been stoppages with uh, because of the lockouts, 82, 87, where you had chunks of the season that didn't take place and they came back. You know, it's happened before where there's been games and stuff taken away. Until it happens differently, I I'll probably sort of reference the 2011 season. It feels like that's what we're going to be looking at is a very, I guess, a shotgun start, to borrow a term from golf. 
Mm -hmm. All right, so that is coronavirus update and we will have many more updates weekly. So we're going to talk more about big thing to the new guys in our next segment, segment position by position, but let's go new quarterback question mark. Nick Foles reportedly being traded to Chicago. Hey, that means Gardner Minshew's the guy, right? But I think what they have to decide, especially with free agency, if Gardner Minshew's your guy, there's really no point to going and signing a free agent. Go get someone in the draft, have a backup. Great, you're good. Minshew's your guy. If you're not confident he's your guy, though, it does make sense to go get a free agent, a Jameis Winston, put him on a one-year deal. So that's the thing they have to decide, and it's something we've been talking about for the past year, is is Gardner Minshew the guy? Well, I think we're going to find out to a degree, and it's going to play out over time, obviously. I'd be surprised if what they do is go out and get a, a, a Jameis Winston-level guy. Uh, I've been surprised before, but that would surprise me a little bit. Maybe that next level down, uh, just to throw out a name, maybe an Andy Dalton type in that realm. Uh, it also, I think there, until the draft is over with, I think there's going to be sort of a bubbling little discussion of what are they going to do in the draft? It, it, they're sitting at number nine. They have draft equity. I question whether they can go all the way up to two or three to get an elite guy, which is what it feels like they would want to try to do. But as you, me, and Brian Schlin have said for so long, until you get the position solved, as long as you've been deficient in the position for as long as the Jaguars have, it has to be something that you're thinking about. I would be surprised if there's not something else here in case – the Gardner Minshew we see early in the season next year is the same one we saw right after the bye last year. They, I don't think he did enough to make them think he's absolutely our guy. Let's go. Let's go into it without a backup plan. If you recall, that was the reason that you sort of wondered about Foles. Would mm -hmm. they really trade him? If indeed the reports, you know, all that. Would they really trade him? Because you just, as much as you hoped Minshew's the real deal. He just didn't show you enough to make you absolutely believe it. And to me, the next few weeks are fascinating like that because so many fans believe Minshew's the guy. And uh, I think it's going to take Jaguars' actions from the front office to show you whether they believe that or not. Well, they've got the equity. I mean, go get your guy. If you think two is the guy or whether you want to jump up there and grab Justin Herbert, two ones. A two, a three, three fours, two fives, two sixes, a seven, two ones next year. What, two or three fours next year? I mean, they, they've got so much draft capital. They can go as high as they want. It's how much are you willing to— It still takes a lot to get to two from where they are, though. Well, I would agree with you. Yeah. I, but if Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson were sitting there at number two, and you knew that this was the guy that was going to put you in the conversation every November into January, you'd willingly spend as much of that as you had to to get to that position. The thing that we sure. don't know is, is that Tua, is that Herbert? I don't know. They've got to decide that. But if that guy is there, absolutely go grab it. Here's the one thing we know for sure. They cannot go into training camp with only Gardner Minshew as the plan. He did plenty as a sixth-round pick, but he didn't do enough to grab the job. I can say that. Well, that's Sexton's opinion, or that's Osier's opinion. What do the Jaguars think? Well, you talk to Coaches or players or scouts, they all have complimentary things to say about Gardner. They like him. They think he's a guy with some ability. But no one's going to point and go, well, yeah, he's our Patrick Mahomes. He's our Deshaun Watson. So you better not pass on it. So they either have to grab one in the draft this year or plan to grab one next year 
and sign a Winston, a Newton, a Dalton. Here's the one thing we know, John, Ashlyn, there is, there are more possibilities for quarterback in the open market than, at least to my knowledge, have ever been in free agency. So decide what you want and go get it, but you can't just go in with Gardner and say, that's the guy, everything's fine. He did enough to give him hope. Yeah. He didn't do enough to make him know for sure. And that's, John, that's the reality. He did enough for you to say, okay, we'll start with him as the one. Whether you stay with him as the one or not is to be determined. You also have to factor in with free agency, Brian. You and I were talking before the show about the cap space. It's a little better now, but you're looking at someone like Cam Newton. You can't go sign Cam Newton to a big deal and have him be an option. It's going to have to be like an Andy Dalton or a one-year deal, which really restricts you right now if you want to get a big eye in free agency. Here's the thing. The cap is growing, and next year there's – According to Spotrack, which is the service that I subscribe to, the Jaguars have $130 million in cap room. So if they decided that one of those guys was their guy, the one they wanted to build the next few years around, they could cut a deal, front-loading it with bonus money, amortize it over the next couple of years. They could get clever. Dave and John Idzik and Tim Walsh could find a way to do it. Now, seeing how it worked out with Nick and, and the money that they're eating this year and, and the dead money, I'm not sure they want to do it. But if, if they did there is a way they could do it. Yeah, I'm with you, Brian. I, I just can't see the taste for that. That'd be a third consecutive year where you're signing a big number of, of your cap to a quarterback that you're not sure is a franchise guy. I guess they must have thought Foles was, but mm -hmm. I just wonder if the appetite's there to do that a third year in a row. Uh, I, I doubt it, and I just want to throw this out. So Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback that the Chiefs have drafted in their history in Kansas City that has led them to a playoff win. They, they, Don, not Don Mikowski, uh, Steve DeBerg and uh, Joe Montana, uh, uh, Steve Bono, Elvis Gerbo. Yeah, they were on this run. I mean, and people go, well, what about Len Dawson? Well, he was a, a pick by the Steelers. But for, you know, 50 years, they were constantly you know, drafting guys like Todd Blackledge and then filling in with veteran free agents. And they got where they wanted to be until they finally drafted the right guy. So don't keep being that team that, okay, well, now we're going to grab Foles and now we're going to grab Winston and then we're going to go do this. If Mahomes is in the draft, if that guy who can be your guy is there, take him and let's get on with it. Let's go. Quit wasting time, dang it. <laughs> All right, and those are our big things. Trying to create some sense of normalcy from our homes, Jaguars drive time. We'll be back position by position, looking at linebackers with a new addition coming up. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in-ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to 
change without notice. Equal housing opportunity. Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. How would you like to have your electric bill paid for for the entire Jaguars 2020 regular season? Our good friends at McGowan's Heating and Air Conditioning are giving you the chance. Go to jaguars.com slash McGowan's and try to guess the Jaguars 2020 schedule. McGowan, the official heating and air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're back, Jaguars drive time in isolation, social distancing from John. He normally likes to do that on a regular basis. So now his dream has come true, working from home, away from Brian and I. And let's get into position by position. We've had this segment throughout the off season. We knew it would definitely change during free agency and it absolutely has at linebacker, the Jaguars signing Joe Schobert out of Cleveland, a middle linebacker, a true middle linebacker. John, you and I had the chance to talk to him last week. I kind of get Paul Puzlesny vibes from him. Definitely strictly business, not a lot of funny business going on, no drama, just wants to come here and play. Well, you hope so. And, you know, I always hesitate to predict how a guy is going to fit in because you just don't know in free agency on the field. He certainly has those uh, pause overtones in terms of a guy who had been solid for three years. You knew what you were getting when he came in. But beyond all that, you know, there were a couple of things that really made sense about this. One is if you're going to try to win next year and you're going to try to compete, the first thing they had to do is figure out a way to get the run stopped. When you can't stop the run, you're never going to win. That's all the team's going to do to you. And they'll never fail because you don't turn the ball over when you run. Usually you just run and you dominate the game, time possession, all that. So they had to get that stop. It defined the season last year in weeks 9 through 14, whatever that stretch was. But as much as anything, it's one signing that allows them to get better in two spots, you would think. You would hope moving miles to the weak side strengthens them there. I don't think they're done trying to improve the run. I know they had one more addition in uh, in uh, Gunter, but mm-hmm. I think they'll make one more huge draft pick defensive tackle, fortify the middle of that area, and then you give yourself a chance to be in games. Too often they weren't in games last year because they were playing uphill because that's what it is when you can't stop the run. From what I hear, he's an excellent tackler. Uh, you have to have that. You know, I go back to a game last year in Carolina where Taven Bryan and Miles Jack got tangled up. One went the wrong way, then the other filled the other way. And, I mean, there goes Christian McCaffrey all the way to the end zone. It was a real simple mistake. It wasn't an issue of whether or not the tackle or the linebacker could literally do their job and make the tackle. 
they guessed wrong. They went the wrong way. Somebody made a mistake and the other player had to, to uh, accommodate for that. Uh, Schobert, I'm told, is incredibly smart, very bright football mind, is a guy who's going to do the right thing most of the time. Um, all for it. You, you can't have enough run stuffers right now. Yeah, we were talking to Dunrone last week, and he said he had the conversation with Miles about moving him to the weak side. He said Miles is actually very excited to make move. That's his more natural position. That's where he feels most comfortable. So it sounds like with Joe Schober being a true middle linebacker, they kind of have things figured out now where everyone is now where they're supposed to be last year. That wasn't the case, especially when you had Miles go out. And then you had Donald Payne going in as middle linebacker. No, not that. But where's the kid from, um, from Murray State end up? I mean, he's not a strong side linebacker. He was a safety in college. You are a little deficient in safety. Does he go back to safety? That's an interesting question. Third round draft. Yeah. I'm expecting his second year that he's going to be sitting on the bench. Yeah, it would surprise It's okay to have depth. I mean, remember, guys get hurt. Now Quincy Williams, if he does play weak side, would look like pretty good depth. I think as much as anything with Miles, Brian, and Shalane, I, I've got to think that he just wants, no matter where he plays, to be playing next to somebody that he can trust where they are. That, as much as Miles has been criticized for last year, maybe fairly so at times, his biggest problem was not Miles Jack. It was trying to figure out how to make up for what was going on around him with all the uncertainty. So from Miles' perspective, I know for a couple of years he really wanted to be in the middle. He was really embracing that. My guess at this point is that he's just thinking, as long as the guy next to me, I can trust where he is. I can go play football again. The, the demise of Miles Jack has been so overblown by a lot of people. Yeah. I think he has a chance to have a big year next year as long as he knows what's going on in the field and doesn't have to make up for what's going on next to him. It's worth pointing out, this will be his first venture to the weak side. He was a strong side linebacker because Telvin was the weak side backer. Um, and then he moved into the middle. So he's gone strong, middle, and now he'll be on the weak side for the first time. Be interesting to see how he does with it. And you can't help but think about last year and all the movement at linebacker. I mean, in the middle of the season, we had guys going in and out. They were signing guys. There were new additions to linebacker basically every single week. Then it's on Miles then to get them set up and ready. Carolina, I think, was the first example we saw of that when Christian McCaffrey ran all over this team. All right, and that is our position by position. Linebackers this week will continue this segment throughout the offseason. We'll visit the Ozone Mailbag coming up on Jaguars Drive Time. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity you can step up to luxury now hello i'm dan fields whatever you're driving you can step up to luxury now plus get our fields amenities which include complimentary loaners car washes and our cafes make this your year to step up to luxury at fields cadillac mercedes-benz porsche land rover jaguar and lexus when it comes to the ultimate car buying experience there's only one name that matters Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. 
a smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to Jaguars Drive Time. For ozone mailbag and that's not john that's his dog dog what's her name john that's dog that's juno she's she's our rat dog rat dog why do you call her rat dog that's kind of rude uh, she looks like a rat dog juno is in alaska and she's hungry right now so she's all fired up and so she's invading your workspace that's right all right let's do ozone mailbag Digitally social distance this week. Where are we going? Quarantine, section 140. Mark, seeing how the dust has seemingly settled on the first and second tiers of free agency, and with the reports that Jadavian Clowning will likely be taking less than what was thought to be perceived market value, did Jan and his camp potentially overplay their hand here, John? Well, you know, it, it's been the Jaguars' thought all along that they offered a fair deal, maybe more than a fair deal, last offseason. And uh, it certainly looks like with Davion Clowney not getting what's reported $20 million, you know, I love Jan as a player. I love watching him. I love covering him. But if Davion Clowney doesn't get a $20 million a year, it's very hard to imagine Unique Ngakwe mm-hmm. being up in that range just because I don't think the perception around the league is that he's at that level, that versatile, that dominant, all those things. So uh, if the reports last summer where the Jaguars had offered 19 million-ish, I don't know how right they were, but say 18 to 19 million, 17, you know, I've been saying all along there's a possibility that that is the market value. So for a team, Brian, or for fans to expect that somebody is going to come in and offer a first-round pick, and have to sign Unique Ngakwe to five okay. years for $110 million? Nope. No way. Nope. Now, it did with Kansas City last year with Frank Clark. They went and gave a first and a third to Seattle and then gave Clark the $100 million deal. But remember, we're talking in Frank Clark, a guy who was coming off a 13-sack season and was 265 pounds. He's more of a Josh Allen than a Unique Ngakwe-type player. But still, teams that have the appetite to give up draft capital and then cash on top of that, they are few and far between. Here's my take on it. Ngakwe is a superior edge rusher to Jadavian Clowney. I mean, Clowney's never had more than nine sacks. However, Clowney, I think, is the most disruptive defensive player along the line in the league. I can go back two years when he was in Houston. They would line him up over the center. They would put him in a standing, like a monster position between the tackle and the end. He is so long, six foot seven. His reach is, I mean, it's Michael Jordan esque. And he's so damn tough to stop. Can get his hands up and knock the ball down. He's just a different kind of player. And if I'm paying anybody 20 million, I'm paying for Jadavian Clowney because his freakish skills are such you can't go find that on the open market. You can find some undersized pass rushers. Vic Beasley got what? 9.5 million on a one year deal from the, uh, the Titans. And you can say that Beasley, he had 37 and a half sacks in five seasons, and Gakwe had 37 and a half in four, uh, and Gakwe had 12 sacks in 17. However, in 16, Beasley led the league with 16 and a half sacks. In other words, you can find unique Ngakwe players 
pass rushers primarily, but you don't find Jadavian Clowney's. And if Clowney can't get 20 million, then yeah, Ngakwe overplayed his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the shame of it is it feels like Ngakwe has been hurt by the by all that's gone on before. And I don't know how he got the idea that the Jaguars were trying to treat him poorly. Um, you know, I think an argument or the consideration has to be made that you know maybe the Jaguars were trying to be fair last year when they were negotiating a year out with at whatever that price was. You know, I just don't think the Jags throughout this were being as bad, unfair, unreasonable toward Ngakwe as perhaps he, I haven't spoken to him about it, but perhaps he feels and some of the fans feel. So uh, can the bridge be rebuilt? I don't know. But, well, if there's uh, enough money on the bridge, yes, it can be rebuilt. Yeah, yeah I mean, usually I, I, I agree with that. Jan's a different beast, so I don't know, but you would hope so. Yeah, and you got to give the Jaguars credit at least when we've talked to Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone, really anyone in the front office. They've been very open and honest that they want to keep Unique here, do whatever they can to keep him here. They've been vocal about that. They've been vocal about that in training camp last year. So it's going to be interesting, and this is definitely not the last time we talk about this. We may have said this. Uh, I, I referenced Track, the, uh, the cap service, earlier. And, John, you and I had this conversation a few weeks ago. But they value players based on – you know, what position they play, what guys with their skill set and production are earning. And they had Jan as about a $17.5 million player. Mm-hmm. So if the Jaguars offer really was $19 million a year, and I say really was because I don't know, and Yannick has said don't believe everything that you read or hear, but if it really was, well, then he overplayed his hand and he missed an opportunity. Well, and maybe it was a little more that. I don't know what they offered, but there's a faction of people out there who say, well, why don't you just overpay him? You paid everybody else. Pay hey, on. I think, yeah, yeah. But I think they believe that they did try to overpay him at one point. Yeah. But you can't be, hey, there's rat dog now. Um, He's saying pay on. You can't be hey, on. ridiculous about how much you overpay. Hey, you, know, you can overpay for a car, but do you want to pay double the value of that? You know, so there has to be a limit. And I think that's what's getting lost in this sometimes. Can't just keep writing the checks, or else they'll come back to bite you. You'll hear the dog. Well, most people. Oh yeah, but I'm I'm big money, you know. You get me. Right. (laughs) She wants the check written to her. Correct. I would love a check. Now that I'm at home, I'll check my mailbox every day if you guys want to send something. Go right (laughs) ahead. All right, let's go to New York City. Scott, what do you got for us? With the Jags stockpiling draft picks, one begins to wonder: At what point do you have too many picks? How many players drafted in this offseason's draft do you think make the opening day roster? All of them. Well, the thing you don't know, I anticipate perhaps them using some of these picks to move around a little bit. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they had another pick or two before the draft. I don't know that, but wouldn't shock you to see them go into this thing with 13. Um, you know, whether they're going to have 12. I think the answer to the second question is, if they have 12 draft picks, with this roster right now with this team, I think all of them would make the team. I think they had 13 or 14 because young players can play special teams. You would figure a lot of those guys are uh, drafted linebacker depth, drafted uh, cornerback or safety depth. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that they would dra- use all those 12 players, but if they did, you know, I, I think every rookie is going to make the team. I mean, every draft is going to make the team. It wouldn't surprise you if some undrafted rookies make the team, Brian. 
I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. In fact, I, I would be stunned if they didn't make it all because this team doesn't have the additional cap room. You know, in recent years, they've gone out and signed the Jeff Swames of the world, guys right. who are going to cost him $4 million a year, which is a bargain for a veteran player who's going to come in and do a couple of different things. He's going to line up in the backfield, line up on the line of scrimmage. Oh, and by the way, play on your coverage team. So they'll use all those picks. Don't forget also that Dave Caldwell has the option to use some of these picks and trade into 2021's draft, which gives him flexibility. So just because he has them this year, and John, I'm like you, I think they're going to use them to move around, to go up into the first round or to go back into the third or however they want to arrange it. But Dave, I guarantee you, has a strategy for a number of those picks to be used to create capital for next year as well. And let's not forget all about the offensive holes we've been talking about that still have yet to be filled in free agency, offensive line, tight end. You wouldn't hate to have another running back, quarterback. You still have so many holes with those picks. You got to fill those holes on offense. Hey, look, this is now officially a rebuilding football team. If we didn't believe it when Boye was traded, it became clear when Calais Campbell was sent packing. Again, I use a term that I know Dave Caldwell doesn't like to use. He likes to talk about building, not rebuilding. Uh, but all those picks are going to be important for a team that this year is against the cap and has plenty of holes on the roster to fill. Mm -hmm. right. I think the good news on that front, Brian, I'm sorry, Shalane. Okay. I think the good news on that front is I think they're going to draft a running back and they're going to draft a wide receiver. And I think they're going to draft two guys at that spot who they want to play pretty quickly. I mean, running back, they're going to want to try to get a change of pace guy. Mm -hmm. Wide receiver, I think they're going to want a guy who actually plays. But you can get both of those positions, especially in this year's draft. You can get wide receiver third or fourth round and come in and play right away. You can always get running back in that spot. So the picks they've got sort of line up with the needs they have. Absolutely. Whole lot of picks coming in this year's draft. Let's go to Andy from Jacksonville. While I understand the business reasons behind it, I think, think trading Calais Campbell is going to have the same negative impact on the team as Paul Puzlesny retiring. I know veteran presence and leadership may be overrated, but I think Puzlesny's game is when we saw Telvin's troubles start to show. Yeah, I mean... It, Brian, I don't know how you feel about it. I, it's a topic. I mean, it, the one thing that I would say that, that Dave Caldwell knew in 2013, 2014, looking back, was at least a small error, was cutting too close to the bone in terms of some of the veterans that they let go. Uh, they're going to be exceedingly young. I talked to Marone about it last week. Uh, he didn't really express a whole lot of worry about it, but why would he this time of year? Not having Calais, not having veterans in the locker room, those things do affect a team. It's not that you can't overcome it, but it certainly creates an environment where there is no Calais. There hasn't been a Paz or Mercedes Lewis in the last couple of years, but there's not that old head at each position group that the young guys can look to and know that this is the guy who walks the walk. Offensive line has it with Linder. Um, beyond that, maybe Fournette, maybe Chris Conley, maybe Avery Jones, but not an incredible amount of guys. Leadership in a lot of cases is players who just do it right. They don't have to talk about it. Uh, as much as Calais talked, he also did it right. Where players can look and say, this guy's doing it right. There's some guys, but, you know, I think that is going to be a topic and maybe an issue next year. A couple of thoughts. One, Josh Allen is going to assume a major piece of that. Uh, I think all of us thought that he was wise beyond his years last year, and getting one year with Calais made a big difference to him. Two, 
a lot of the guys, this might not be the fair term, but the toxic guys, you know, the edgy guys, the guys that could go one way or the other, be good or bad, are gone now. Um, you know, the majority of those guys have been moved on and moved out. You're never better when you release a guy to go or trade a guy like Calais Campbell. I mean, his presence was overwhelming at times in the locker room. But, John, you heard the whispers, as did I, that last year when things really went bad, there were guys that were kind of tuning him out. They didn't want to hear the the rah-rah. They didn't want to hear what they perceived to be the company line. So as much of a leader as he was for three years, he may have lived up to his useful point in that locker room, and it may have been time for him to move on. Yeah. Yeah, I I still think you're better leadership-wise with a guy like that. But agree. I, I agree that, you know, it's an overcomable issue, but it's clearly an issue. To me, Brian, you and I have talked about it in us too. Josh Allen is the most mature rookie I've been around, maybe since I was around Bob Sanders, the safety in Indianapolis in 04. I think he was a rookie. Bob had the ability. It didn't matter if he was talking to a 32-year-old player in the team, if it was Peyton Manning. He considered himself an equal from the day he walked in the door. Some guys just have that thing. Bob was a little cocky on that front. It worked for him. Josh isn't cocky, but he's incredibly confident. He knows how to lead. Guys are drawn to him. To me, he's the hope, not only on the field, but off the field for this franchise moving forward. See, I've been fooled before. I was fooled by Telvin. Do you remember at Paul Pazlesny's retirement news conference? He came in in a suit and a tie. And he spoke like a like the the um, chairman of the Joint Ways and Means Committee, right? I mean, he spoke like a senator. And I remember standing there and looking at him, thinking, "Wow, how lucky is this team to have a guy like Paul Pazlesny on the way out and a guy like Telvin Smith on the way in?" And then what we got from Telvin was anything but uh, statesmanlike. He he was anything but the leader they hoped he would be in 2018. Uh, that will not happen with Josh Allen. No. We all know that Josh Allen is as real as it gets. I think that he is a strong personality. You combine him with the Schobert. I watched your interview with him. Uh, he seems to be all business as well. You have a coach that's going to do things different now that he's got more control in that locker room. Um, I don't want, I, you're not better without Calais. Don't get me wrong. I just don't want people to think that it's catastrophic because he's playing in Baltimore now. I think that there are underpinnings. There is There are foundational pieces in place They'll be okay. Will there be rocky moments? There have been rocky moments with some of the most veteran teams that this football uh, team has ever had. So there are rocky moments, but I think they'll be okay. Absolutely right. That is Ozone Snapshot. When we come back, we wrap up Jaguars. Drive him with some Ashland ass. We're going to have to get creative with some markers and paper. No whiteboards this week. We'll make it happen next on Jaguars Drive Time. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity hi folks frank franzi here for the best barbecue in town that is bono's head to bono's today 15 locations on the first coast and six more at tiaa bank field you see bono's is the official barbecue of the jacksonville jaguars you want great barbecue you want bono's 
plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today, the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time. Our final segment, Ashlyn asks, no whiteboards this week. We've got some materials. We're ready to go. Ashlyn asks, number one, free agency is not over. What do the Jaguars still need to address in free agency, fellas? What they've addressed so far, defensive line, linebacker, Ronnie Gunter, Joe Schobert, heavy on the defense. We've talked about having a lot of offensive holes as well. John. What you got? I'm going to go with tight end. And uh, <laughs> I'll preface this, T.E. I'll, I'll preface this. Let's see if Sexton has index cards. By the way. I bet he just tears out some notebook paper from his kid. No, I have full size, pal. All right. Burn. Uh, I think that anything from here on out is going to be a little anticlimactic, unless there's a quarterback signing. But Fans were wanting something in front-line free agency, first-wave free agency on a tight end. I never thought that was going to happen either there or at offensive line just because they weren't going to set the market in those areas. But uh, they always have the belief that they want to get at least guys who they feel comfortable with lining up. Uh, they haven't really done that at tight end. Maybe Josh Oliver, but you got to figure they're going to add something else there with O'Shaughnessy having been hurt last year. So I I, I think tight end, although I don't think the signing is going to dazzle people. Fair enough. Brian, what you got? All right. I'll go with the defensive back. You choose a safety or a cornerback. Um, I think there's a lot of draftable players on the offensive side, especially. Um, the defensive side, some more veteran leadership. Makes sense. Guys who have done it, been there. Um, you're going to have a Trey Herndon on one corner. Uh you need more help in the backfield. I like uh, Quincy, not Quincy. Um, help me. Why have I drawn a blank? The safety from Michigan. They started. Jared all, Wilson. I don't know why I call him Quincy. Because uh, I was thinking about Quincy Williams going back to safety. Uh, I like Jared Wilson. And Ronnie Harrison is a very talented guy, but has yet to come close to his potential. So I would say a, a veteran safety, a veteran nickelback, a veteran corner. Uh, more help in the secondary because numbers are going to have to bear out there. Absolutely. All right. Ashlyn asks number two. This might not have changed. However, with the two free agent picks the Jaguars now have, who are you taking at number nine? We've talked about Derek Brown. We've talked about Isaiah Simmons. We've talked about a bunch of defensive players, one of them being out of South Carolina. But you just added someone on the defensive line with Rodney Gunter. Do you still want to go defensive line at number nine? So what's the question? Do I want a defensive? Who are you taking at number nine? What's the name? Sorry, it was a little lengthy of a question. Paragraph, actually. <laughs> I'm going to say Derek Brown, right? Am I on? Is this my Yeah, call? you're on. <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to go with Tua. I don't think he's going to be there. I'm, I'm assuming you have to draft up. I'm, I'm going to say quarterback. I'm going to say that you – that's who I want. I want the quarterback. I want the Jaguars to address the position this year. Um, they've got the capital to go do it. So from nine, they launch up to wherever they need to go to get the quarterback. John, you're staying Derek Brown. I'm, I'm still going to say Derek Brown because I guess I'm going to sound like a broken, broken record on this, and, and fans are going to be tired of hearing about it. To me, for this team, I get the R word that I'm, I'm not going to say rebuild because fans are getting irritated at me for not saying it, and I like irritating fans. So, uh, but if you're going to have a chance to win next year, if if you John, don't stop in the, the run, dangerous territory there, a better than they did for those five six weeks, no way do you have a chance to win. So, I think they're going to go Derek Brown or some. You know, if they don't get Brown there, they may have to trade up to get Kinlaw later. They've got to fortify themselves in the middle of the defense. Good start with Schobert. Need one more guy. Absolutely. All right. Final Ashlyn ask, not football related. At what point, at what day, at what hour are you going to go insane from being at home? Isn't it an hour? Brian, I see your kids trying to get in the shop. looking at the clock right now. It's 314, so put me down for 315. <laughs> I, see the, I see the boys trying to get in the shot. They're wound up. They're ready to go. Come here, guys. Come here. Get the shot. Come on. You guys want to be in the shot? Where's Ryan? Now they want to be camera shy. Yeah. This is what my pole vaulter right yourself? here. This is Ryan. Ryan. Ryan, who are the Jaguars taking at number nine? They can take at nine. Uh, Save second here. Isaiah Simmons. There we there go. go. Good pick, Colby, Ryan. You, you don't have to get the picture. Who yeah. do you want? Isaiah Simmons. Who? Oh, uh, Colby is an Oregon fan, and he says Justin Herbert. Okay. Putting a little fan oh, bias in there. Well, you know, the quarterback position is important, so. Oh, okay. John? Are you going to go insane? I'm going to say never. You know, I because <laughs> he's already been there for a long time. I've got rat dog. I've got I've got a garage refrigerator full of uh, easy on the eyes from intuition. So, you know, I'm this to me. You know, for me personally, I'm fine. So, uh, you know, bring it on. Boy, never. This is heaven. <laughs> I wouldn't say heaven. And uh, now, other people in my life may go insane because I'm here. They're I'll be fine. Well, if they, they can just Skype you and we can chit chat. Yeah. It's the same thing. All right. And that is Jaguars time digitally this week and probably for the foreseeable future. Stay tuned, Jaguars. Happy hour this Thursday. We'll be back next week, next Tuesday on Jaguars Drive Time. Yeah.